content warning for this episode. We're going to talk about some things that might be a little bit triggering, like domestic violence, assault, transphobia, homophobia, and murder. We're not going to get too detailed about these things, but there will be brief mention of them and self-harm and, and suicide as well. Welcome to Meming of You, where we examine memes and viral phenomena. We'll take a deep dive into the person behind the meme, the meme's effect on internet culture, and how it impacts the lives of those involved. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Kyle. Who are we memeing of today? Today we're talking about the infamous, the legendary, the juggernaut of viral videos, Leave Britney Alone by Kara Cunningham, formerly known as Chris Crocker. What is her name now? Kara Cunningham. Kara Cunningham. Yeah, so we're going to be referring to her as Kara yeah. and using she, her, of course, because we don't, uh, we respect pronouns on yes. this podcast. So first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm kind of on that note. I'll tell you a little anecdote um, uh-huh. that I didn't tell you earlier. So I'm substitute teaching mm-hmm. and I go into this class and it, so the way they do it is they have this digital system for doing attendance and you pull it up on your screen it's like a web page and you have pictures like the class pictures of everybody interesting so you can see this is the kid that says they're the kid right you know they try to screw with you or something interesting super smart yeah that is not taken advantage of because it does not have updated names and pronouns so I, as the substitute, come into this class, and I am reading through attendance, and I get to a child who I name, I call the name that is yeah. listed on attendance, and they say, my name is this. And I go, no problem. Sorry about that. It's out of date. Mm-hmm. I somehow drag my finger across the trackpad and hit the, the back or the button, and I hit the back button on the browser, so I have to go forward and do the, the attendance mm-hmm. again. And I'm all flustered and I'm like, oh shit, these kids think I'm an idiot now. <laughs> and so I'm going through it again and I say the kid's name oh, wrong no. again. Oh no. And I felt so bad because I was just like, you told me, oh. I didn't remember, I just breezed by and accidentally did it. The good news to the story is that I substituted at the, the same school the next day, had that kid in one of my classes and was like, laser focused right this is their name this is how i will refer to them never making that mistake again yeah because it's like this like 10 year old who is going through this massive life change and i want to support that i want to be respectful of it and when you make a mistake even shit right yeah I feel bad for both of you in yeah. that situation. Yeah. I mean, you were anxiety brain whenever you had, like, when you have that fuck up, like, for me at least, like, it's like TV static suddenly just takes over all my thoughts and I can't function. Right. So, like, um, I, I don't know. That's, I'm really sorry. Yeah. That's so sad. But I'm glad that you redeemed yourself and that, yeah. you know, you, you made it a point to support that kid. and. Yeah. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah, it is. Aww. I'm sorry that yeah. happened. <laughs> well, as my friend who is also a teacher said, they set me up to fail by not having yes. their digital platform up to date, which right. is wild. That should be like updated constantly. Yeah. You would think. But yeah. What a world. And like, what a different. We're going to get into this later, but like, what a different world it is now. I'm so happy that a 10 year old kid can be out. Yes. Uh, 
amongst their peers and teachers and everything. Like, I mean, sure, we are living in a in Portland, but the bubble. like, yeah, but still, that was unthinkable. Like, yeah. even ten years ago. So, um, got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So. How other than that, how's the substitute? I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. (laughs) It's, it's so good whenever you can connect with kids and, and you know, which you can tell really easily, which ones are the, the ones who need more support and which are the ones that are just bored because they're too smart for this. Mm -hmm. They're so transparent on Mm -hmm. one hand and on the other hand, so complicated. Yeah. But it's it's been lovely. It's Aww. it's really nice. And this past week, I did everything from kindergarten all the way through high school. Oh man! Just depending on the day, it was different ages. Wow! So you've done it every day of this week. This was my first full time, wow. full time week. You must be exhausted. I am. No wonder so, you were, you yeah. were taking a nap yeah. when I got here. No wonder I was passed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your eyes looked all red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for t- setting aside the time to Absolutely. break your nap for this. Yeah. Yeah. How have you been? <laughs> Pretty okay. Um, making stuff. Yes. Just crafting away. I really am enjoying. I'm still like figuring out how to use clay and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, uh, my hands are really fucking cramped from the crochet blanket that I ranted about earlier. But um, yeah, I've been a pretty boring week other than than just creating stuff. And yeah. for the listeners, uh, Stephanie made me a beautiful little otter out of clay <laughs> that is one of my new favorite things. Aww. Yeah, it was fun so to thank make. thank you. Yeah, of course, it was really fun. An otter was actually a really easy animal to make. I've done like faces of animals mm-hmm. before, like cats and stuff, but not the whole body. So that was actually easy because they're just a little, little bean with a little little tail and right. yeah <laughs> it's adorable oh thank you Just imagine the cutest thing you can think of and that's what i have now <laughs> uh you gotta name him he's, uh, oh he's yeah a, he's our good luck charm right for this this project here so yeah i actually have a friend who's a chris crocker stan <laughs> my friend who is also also grew up well grew up in missouri and uh is is gay and non-binary and like Honestly, they remind me a lot of Chris Crocker in some ways. I'll have to show you some <laughs> funny videos after this. But so I asked them for some, you know, insight or or anything like that. So I'm, I'll kind of get into that later. But yeah, Kara Cunningham. So yeah, talk about somebody who was way ahead of their time. No kidding. On all <laughs> fronts, not just as a meme, but as a person, as a celebrity sympathizer, as there's so many things mm-hmm. that, that this person was doing right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me is how a lot of her early videos or videos in general were very TikTok like and like a like a less evolved form, but still how even though it was such a different time that the internet's always been the same. It's always been, you know, kind of just people wanting to express themselves and put themselves out there in the world. So do you remember where you were when or what like your first impressions were? Uh, of this video when you first saw it? I hate to admit it, but I was probably one of the people that kind of laughed at it mm-hmm. a little bit and was like, oh, this is silly. You're obsessing over a celebrity. Who cares about Britney Spears? And at the time, you know, what would this have? This was 2007. 2007. So I would have been 22. And I think, how old is Britney? Or when she was she born? was born, I believe, in 1982. I'm going to okay. check that. She was born in 1981. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a few years older than me. I uh, had, you know, it would have been 
when would we have been high school when Brittany became I was, real big? I was in elementary school okay. when she uh, got got really famous. So I might have been middle school. Mm-hmm. Just, cause I'm just How a, old are you? I'm 36. I'll be 37 this year. Okay. I'll, I'm 33. Right. I Today's my half birthday. Oh, happy half birthday. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I probably would have been one of those people that was not a fan of Britney mm-hmm. in the sense that I was too cool for pop music right. and for a pop star and a female pop star Especially at Especially as a middle school boy. Yes. Like, that wasn't for you. No. That <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, well, in a way it was. But... Wasn't your, like, demographic. Yeah. Or... Musically it wasn't right. for me. Right. Uh, Appearance-wise and everything, of course, <laughs> of everyone's course. like, oh, Britney's hot. Um... <laughs> So I think when all of this went down, it was kind of like an eye roll for me is maybe the best that I could sum it up in that I was like, I don't understand why we've got somebody that's so obsessed over this celebrity and I don't understand why the celebrity is having problems. I've come a long way from those thoughts. And especially after watching the documentary that Mm -hmm. we just watched and you can see really the roots of all of this. Right. And I think that is a big... um theme with that uh with this whole subject is that a lot has changed the public's opinions changed i too was somebody who laughed and didn't like mock on the internet yeah kara but i you know i thought that was hilarious because you know the way it's the way that it's filmed is very dramatic and it's very emotional Mm -hmm. and well do you want to just watch it yeah let's let's bring it up Do we really want to see a 25-year-old woman leave behind two children and die? Have we learned nothing from Anna Nicole Smith? I know it's hard to see Britney Spears as a human being, but trust me, she is. She's a person. She's like you or I. And I don't know about you, but I know that I would be pretty shaken up right now. Whatever the case of her, whatever the cause of her performance was, I don't care. All I care about is Brittany's well-being. And Brittany, all I want is for you to get well. That's all I want. And what really bothers me is to think of those people out there who don't see her as a person. And if anything ever happened to Britney Spears, the world can kiss my ass goodbye because if anything ever happens to her i'm jumping off the nearest fucking building i don't care what anyone says i love britney and if anything ever happens to her if she ever commits suicide because of a fucking idiot video i mean because of a fucking idiot blogger I will kill myself, too. Get well, Brittany. The world needs to know that Brittany still has her fans. Brittany needs to know that she still has her fans. I love you, Brittany. Just know that, okay? Just know that. (laughs) And how fucking dare anyone out there make fun of Brittany after all she's been through?
She lost her aunt. She went through a divorce. She had two fucking kids. Her husband turned out to be a user, a cheater, and now she's going through a custody battle. All you people care about is readers and making money off of her. She's a human! What you don't realize is that Britney's making you all this money and all you do is write a bunch of crap about her. She hasn't performed on stage in years. Her song is called Give Me More for a Reason because all you people want is more, 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 more! Leave her alone! You're lucky she even performed for you bastards! Leave Britney alone! Please! <laughs> Perez Hilton talked about professionalism and said if Britney was a professional, she would have pulled it off no matter what. Speaking of professionalism, when is it professional to publicly bash someone who's going through a hard time? Leave Britney alone! Please! <laughs> Leave Britney Spears alone right now. A minute. Anyone who has a problem with her, you deal with me. Because she's not well right now. It's hard to watch. It is. Especially after watching the documentary. That's kind of why I wanted to, to do that, to give you kind of some perspective before we went and did this. So yeah, I'm just going to kind of go into like the life story a little bit of Kara. So um, she was born Christopher Cunningham on December 7th, 1987 in Bristol, Tennessee. It's like right on the Virginia, Tennessee border to two teenagers, Tanya and Brian. Kara inherited a lot of generational trauma, as we saw in the documentary. Her mother's mother was a sex worker, and as was her mother. And so basically as a kid, Kara's mom was left to wander the streets while her mom worked. And she w was like witness to how her mother was treated by men. Kara's grandmother was murdered by uh, a man who shot her in the throat, and the criminal case is still open. So in turn, Kara witnessed her mother being abused by men growing up as well. So when Kara was four years old, her mother gave her up to her paternal grandparents, but she still maintained a relationship with her mother. So from a very young age, Kara was noticeably different. Like we could see that in those, those videos from her childhood. She played with Barbies, walked with like a little bit of a sachet. And there's actually a video in her teens talking to her, her grandmother, which she calls Mama, about how she's transgender, which means she's a girl. And her, her grandparents were Pentecostal and they thought the internet was evil and turned her gay, as we saw. Oh, oh old folks. Please, can we... We're not going to get like that, will we? <laughs> like, I mean, I know I won't get homophobic suddenly, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but stuck in our ways. Right. So prior to the Leave Britney Alone video, being bullied was nothing new to Kara. So as a kid, she had a terrible time because she was different. She was bullied for being queer. 
she tried to start a GSA at her school and her parents and the administrators freaked out or the parents in the school and the administrators freaked out. She was actually put in homeschool instead of going to high school because she and her family feared for her safety. Her guidance counselor even told her grandmother that she was afraid that the KKK might come after her. Yeah. So since she wasn't going to traditional high school due to concerns over her safety and her grandmother was working during the day and therefore... She couldn't go anywhere. She's kind of stuck at home. She felt really isolated, and that's when she turned to the internet for interaction, like a lot of people do. So Kara said that the first thing that she did when she got access to the internet at 12 years old was to look up pictures of Britney Spears. A lot of the photos were... <laughs> uh, she wound up seeing were pictures of Britney's head photoshopped on a porn star's bodies. I just want to ask, like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why do people do that? <laughs> It's such a culture on the internet. There's so much of it. You can't search a celebrity without coming across some fake nude mm -hmm. of them. Yep. It's weird. It is. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're doing it by yourself for your own little kicks, whatever, but you're sharing it with the internet. I'm not trying to kink shame, but that's weird. Uh, it, it isn't even kink shaming because it's kind of like a violation of, of that celebrity's image yeah i don't think you can have a kink where somebody else is depicted nude for your own pleasure without yeah. their consent totally i yeah. think you're right you're 100 percent right <laughs> yeah Ugh. so anyway so during her teen years kara's room was plastered with britney posters and cutouts so we were talking about what you thought of britney so she wasn't for you so do you like her music now I honestly couldn't tell you anything <gasps> by Britney Spears. Wow. I know. I've got some learning to do. E wow. We need to fix that. Yeah. Honestly, I've always been a Britney fan. Mm -hmm. Like um, when she came out, I was in elementary school. I think I was in sixth grade maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was all about it. Still maintain that through like up until now. Like I'm not a hardcore fan or anything, but I I've always loved Britney. When she was having that public meltdown, I was just... By that time, you know, I was like in college, so I didn't, that wasn't like at the forefront of my mind, but I just remember seeing comments all the time about it. And like, I don't know, it was just very strange. I felt very detached from it, mm -hmm. I think. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to get back into that headspace. Yeah. So Kara did always want to be an internet celebrity from the get-go. She started off by posting videos of herself dancing all over the internet or dance, post videos of herself dancing on the internet you know what i mean <laughs> doing different accents and stuff clapping back at haters comments ranting about things and it you you notice that it's all with this like kind of um manic energy yeah so the leave britney alone video isn't even the first video that she was widely mocked and parodied over in 2006 karen made a video responding to myspace haters who were threatening to fight her with an invitation to brawl so people made their own versions of that video sometimes wearing blonde wigs and eyeliner repeating the phrase she used you want to fight me girl <laughs> <laughs> after posting after she posted this video she started getting 2,000 friend requests every half hour on myspace it was the number one played video on the website after that she was parodied for her other videos as well so they always started with some kind of quote like bitch please or she can have my man but she can't have my hair extensions, which I love. 
<laughs> so people ran with it. She said she really enjoyed giving people some kind of catchphrase to carry around with them. And it wasn't all haters, though. She had her fair share of admirers who truly appreciated the way that she was unabashedly herself. Um, in fact, one of my best friends, like I mentioned, is a, is a Kara fan. So again, I my friend's been following her for years and I asked her or I asked them, what should I know? Or is there anything that comes across as important to you? And they said that Kara considers herself a comedian first and foremost, and her goal is to make people laugh and lighten the mood, but everyone takes her at face value and doesn't realize a lot of videos are satire. So if I can make a small correction to that, Mm -hmm. um, I believe she said that she is a Britney fan first (laughs) and then an American. (laughs) Absolutely. So I, I, I'm guessing it goes Britney fan, comedian, uh-huh. American. Right. Exactly. You know what? <laughs> yes, you're correct. <laughs> and I just kind of wanted to pause here and talk about how much I miss old MySpace. I miss MySpace. I miss old YouTube. I like as much of a shitty mess they were. I felt such nostalgic longing watching that documentary. It just, I don't know. I, I it's like, it wasn't simpler times, but I long for the days when my brain wasn't fully developed yet, I guess. And I didn't realize that it wasn't simple times. I did love in that documentary, just seeing the old layouts of the pages mm-hmm. and the old Internet Explorer browser, yes. probably Netscape or something. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, it was a real rush back to the, the past. Yes, it was. And I feel like, like they were talking about how in order to have a viral video, it had to be organic, which was true at the time. And so not the case now, which I do miss that kind of like authenticity around it. It really did feel like anybody at any moment could become famous, yes. become a celebrity. Yes. And now it seems so manufactured mm-hmm. and high production and you have to have a team behind you to make this work. And it's it's a... It's a whole industry. Yes. Now. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that truly was a time where you could just film a video in your bedroom and then become enormously famous. I found it was interesting that like I was looking at what the internet was like in 2007 and that was the year that Keeping Up with the Kardashians came out. Wow. So yeah, (laughs) Um, makes a lot of sense with that cultural shift a little bit. This documentary also talked about, it mentioned Paris Hilton a few times Mm -hmm. and Anna Nicole Smith. Was that right around that same time as well? Anna Nicole Smith, I think she, I'm not sure when she passed away, but yeah, it was like in the early 2000s where she had that show and, you know, she was being so like just piled on and people were treating her like a sideshow and, you know, her they just watched her mental decline until she passed away. So yeah. yeah. And Kara references that in that, that video, mm-hmm. the leave Britney alone video references Anna Nicole Smith. And that's very well, what could have happened, you know, easily. And Anna Nicole died from an, was it an overdose? I or? believe so. Yeah. So died. Oh, she died that year. 20, 2007. Mm. Accidental overdose of prescription drugs. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that being really sad too. Yeah. That was, you could just see this train wreck happening in slow motion. And Mm -hmm. it was. Another one was Amy Winehouse that was going on at the same time. Yeah, we were horrible. When did she die? I want to say 20, I guess 2011. July 2011. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I still do miss. Again, we're all talking about how shitty we were, but I do still miss the old 
internet in a way because I feel like it was just charming to be like captivated by something as simple as like somebody in a silly wig like talking funny or like a lady sitting on a toilet singing about sitting on a toilet right. <laughs> or uh, a girl's cheeks flapping. But I guess we're still kind of like mesmerized by a girl's cheeks <laughs> flapping, just maybe not the face ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in two, so in now we're in 2007. So at this point, Kara's mom got back from Iraq. Um, she joined the army uh, to get away from her hometown. Kara says that she was not the same when she came back. She started doing meth and she slid further downhill, started living on the streets. I think this quote from Kara says a lot. She says, I was trying to fight for my other family members to still believe in my mom. I was begging them to give my mom a chance. And so there was this parallel in my life, that sort of tension of why I was defensive over a misunderstood woman, because my mom was very misunderstood. And I, in some ways, felt like I had to protect her and fight for her. So yeah, the whole thing with her mom was really... I cried a couple times researching this, mm -hmm. actually. Um, what did What did you think about that whole situation of her family. That was all brand new information to me. I had never heard anything. As far as this meme goes, I really only knew the the video itself. Me the, too. The Leave Britney Alone video. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that there was, that she had a history of viral videos, that she had a, a presence on the internet. I thought this was just one of those plucked out of nowhere. Right. Someone saw this video and it blew up, but no, there was a reason for that, that mm -hmm. she had an established persona on the internet. Right. When you pan out makes so much sense. Basically with her with regard to her family, her grandfather got called in by his church's clergy who basically wanted to scare the family into not coming to church anymore due to Kara's online presence. We saw the thing about the pamphlets and stuff about witches and yeah. like liberal Christians. Yes. <laughs> I love that they're lumped in together. Yes. <laughs> Um, so her grandparents, particularly her grandfather, did not approve of her gender expression. So, yeah, 2007 was a rough year for Britney, as well as most of us know. Like, I don't really want to go into, like, the nitty-gritty of it or anything, because if you're over, like, 10 years old, you know basically the basics of what's gone on with Britney Spears, I feel like. But just to kind of recap, so earlier in the year, she had been in and out of rehab. Kevin Federline, who's on our shit list, too. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> filed for full custody of their kids. He was withholding the kids from her. Her aunt that she really loved died of ovarian cancer that year. Of course, the infamous head shaving incident happened, which is really sad if you, like, bothered to read anything about it because the media act tries to act like you know she's crazy when she actually did that because she was sick of people touching her like she didn't want to be touched anymore didn't want people touching her hair she always had her hair like extensions put in and stuff and she was just done so she just wanted some like some semblance of control in her life which i mean wouldn't you totally so she and been... especially with what we've learned after in recent years about how little control she had over her own 100%, life. Hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that was before the conservative conservatorship too. Yeah. So yeah, it's just dark. She basically she'd been famous and poked and prodded her and put under a microscope and controlled since she was a literal child. So she was being followed by like over a, the article I read said over seventy paparazzi. Which, when you see those videos, it's like, how does she even see to walk? Like, right. with all those flash bulbs going off in her face. Like, that would drive anybody to the brink, yeah. I think. Um, I don't think I could do any 
any better than no. than that. I would I would attack somebody with an umbrella too. Yeah. Um, in the video in the documentary, you see her walking, trying to walk her dog, mm-hmm. and she's walking out from like it looks like a gated community. And as soon as she passes that gate, they are within feet of her face. Yeah. Yep. Flashbulbs going, screaming at her, questioning her. I there was one sounded like a female voice that kept saying, do you need help, Brittany? Do you do you need somebody to help you? Which at first I was like, cool, there's somebody that's checking in on her, mm-hmm. but I know they were just manipulating her. 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's the really sad part is I'm sure it was a lot of that too, of people trying to get close to her just to get, to make a buck. Oh yeah, she like, I'm pretty sure she dated somebody who was a member of the paparazzi who wow. like sold information about her. It's a whole mess. So... And during this year in 2007, Brittany had also gotten into a car accident and fled the scene. So she was just obviously not in a good mental place. Kara could clearly see this when the rest of us, you know, the most rest of the world was just happy to either ignore it or mock it and yeah, just treat it as a, a circus, funnily enough, because that is the name of an album and a song of Britney's. Ah. <laughs> um, so here's when we come to September of that year. So Britney tries to make a comeback from all that um, with her public image by performing at the MTV VMAs on September 9th. What are your impressions of that video? She looked tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a low energy to her in a way that had I not, if you didn't know all the context about what was going on in her life, I would probably look at that and be like, yeah, that was kind of a meh performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have even thought anything of it. It was like, oh, whatever. It was a Britney Spears performance. Yeah. Yeah. I just, when I rewatched it um, while researching this episode, I, I, cause it had been years since, probably since that year that I'd seen it. And I was like, really? That's it? Like, that's what people were so up in arms about? Like, I mean, yes, she's clearly lip syncing and, but that's to be expected. Yeah. And like, yes, like you said, it's, it's low energy, but come on. Like, uh, so that performance was very widely ridiculed she admittedly like her hair piece is pretty raggedy um yeah her performance isn't as spirited as the public is used to seeing from her so i honestly feel like part of part of why it got so much negative attention is because we're we'd been used to like a plus number one like blow your socks off performances from her up until that point and like the second that she slipped then everybody was just ready to to just pile on to her totally it was to your reference earlier it was a bunch of piranhas in the water waiting for her to fall in mm-hmm. and mess up so yep. that they could continue well britney's back but is she mm-hmm. you know just thinking of the dumb like access hollywood headlines and intros of ugh. fucking what's his name glenn back yeah fuck you glenn back yeah, shit, shit list 100 i didn't even know that you were still alive um, unfortunately <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Putting that juju out there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't believe in I don't believe in anything supernatural. I hope you die, Clinpeck. <laughs> I don't believe in karma. Yeah. Um at least he's you know, the only karma I believe in is that at least we don't have to see Glenn back on a daily true. basis anymore. That's true. Yeah. He's so irrelevant, like yeah. and plus like who has TV. Well, and in the documentary, they show a clip of Glenn Beck talking about that performance, about the VMA performance, and all he can talk about is her body. That's what gets me. How do you look at her in that video 
and call her fat. Like, she looks amazing. She looks incredible. Yeah. She looks so much better than 99% of the people who are commenting on her body. Yeah. Like, because she is not stick thin, right. like, she, it, it just, like, blew my mind. Yeah. Like, hey, I was just going to, as an aside, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me smile every time I remember <laughs> that Rush Limbaugh's dead. <laughs> <laughs> How you down, doing down there, Rush? <laughs> he's a he's a um, any gender bathroom at this point. He hated him so much in right. life. It's great. So anyway, yeah, people were really expecting Britney to give them like the best performance ever after everything she'd just been through. So she she was treated like a performance animal by her family and by the press and the public. Yeah, it's just so not as bad as it was in my head rewatching it over again. And just to clarify, how long in between the head shaving incident and the VMA VMA performance? Oh, good question. It was in February of 2007 and this performance was in September. So 7 months. Mhm. That's a big turnaround in mm-hmm. a short period of time. Seriously. Which I can't imagine was her really by choice saying, I want to get back out there and start performing again, this had to be, again, the performance animal mm-hmm. aspect of somebody, her handlers being like, you got to get her, her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Go make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And she looks like she doesn't want to be there. No. Which she probably fucking doesn't. No. Like, she needs a fucking break. She's been working since she was an, a child. Yeah. Like, we saw that Star Search video. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on Mickey Mouse Club as a kid. Just go, go, go constantly. So, yeah, it's not her best performance, but it's fine. Um, It's better than what most people criticizing her could do, I think. Um, We talked about what terrible dancers we are in the Mm -hmm. last episode. I know I (laughs) couldn't do anything like that. Absolutely not. God, that would be be just such a disaster. (laughs) It's interesting watching her move, and she still can move in that that performance, Mm -hmm. And there's just ways she moves her body, kind of like almost jerking motions. And I'm like, how do you have that much control over specific parts of your body? I just don't understand. And I never will. Being forced to do it your whole life? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. That's the answer. (laughs) I no longer have to wonder. Um, So anyway, after the performance, the media piled onto her for everything. So for for the performance itself, for the way she looked, her hair, again, calling her fat, which unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's laughable because I feel like by today's standards, she's not even thick in that video. Like, I'm so glad that we've made strides since since this time with how we talk about women's bodies. Like, we're nowhere near where we need to be. But at least I don't think everyone I don't think everybody calling this body fat and picking it apart would be happening today. Um, Maybe on Fox News, but maybe if Glenn was still around. (laughs) I mean, just trolls on the internet would be talking about it, basically, and that's it. Yeah, the way we talked about and treated women at that time was just so horrific. Like, we talked about Amy Winehouse and Anna Nicole Smith. Like, it's it's unbelievable. So, um, Kara has said that her breaking point was when she had seen suicide countdowns online targeting Britney, which... Yikes. Um, In response to everything that was being directed at Britney, 19-year-old Kara uploaded Leave Britney Alone Part 1 the same day as the VMA performance. I didn't realize that before, that that it was like an immediate reaction. Yeah. And then, so that was September 9th, 2007. Leave Britney Alone Part 2 was the next day, and it just blew up. Like, 
Um, within the first 24 hours of its posting, the video had accumulated over 2 million views. Wow. I cannot for if if there's anybody listening at all to this podcast, but especially anybody who's younger, like any Gen Zers out there, like I cannot emphasize how big this video was. Like at the time, I mean, 2 million views was like peak virality at the time. It, it was just unbelievable. So... In the video itself, like, how would you describe the video? Like, the video is the lowest production video that you could ever imagine. <laughs> it is, it is Kara sitting under a what looks to be a blanket. See, I thought, I thought originally because I have uh, this is actually one I have seen. Mm -hmm. I thought it was her sitting under a blanket mm -hmm. on her bed or something. Is kind of what I had always imagined. Yeah, me too. And when you watch it in the documentary, all of those videos with that kind of tannish beige sheet is actually like a curtain mm -hmm. or something so i don't know why that matters to me but it totally no you are 100 percent right about it just that. threw me because i think for the last however 15 years anytime this came up i always thought you know yes kind of a sitting under the blanket with a flashlight type yes. of video exactly like you think that she's just like yeah. <laughs> hunched over yeah right. just like you said yeah so what yeah go ahead and then so really low production and it's so personal it's such a personal video having this emotional reaction to this celebrity it is someone who is so in tune with somebody else's pain and is feeling it so deeply themselves and I think back then, I wouldn't have looked at this video and thought for a second about the connection that these two human beings had in in that Kara needed Brittany as a sort of, I don't want to say role model, but as this beacon of hope in life. Because Kara had had such a rough life, had had so many things go against her, that then you see the see her in this moment of true pain for another human being mm -hmm. but feeling their own pain i'm sure right it's it's just such a surreal thing to see somebody at that level of i mean as as she says in the video if britney kills herself i'm gone yeah and i believe that mm -hmm. i absolutely believe that kara would have killed herself had something hadn't happened to britney right and that's scary. Mm -hmm. That it's really scary to be looking at that video, knowing that there are, when you watch that video and you see somebody who is at that breaking point and has the the ability to put that out on the internet for other people to see, is both a to me like a huge cry for help and also so important for other people to be able to see that. And so it was such a vulnerable act to put that out on the internet and say. Who else is feeling this way? Right. Why are we putting up with a society who treats people like this mm -hmm. and treats me like this and treats you like this? And there's just something really special about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was extremely vulnerable. And she, she's coming from a place of empathy. A lot of people think that she was faking it, which she still to this day maintains that she was absolutely genuine uh that a lot of her videos are satire and and she's joking but um that one really came from the heart and it makes sense when you think about like when they talk about the parallels between Britney and her mother and i mean they're both 
Southern women and both misunderstood to, for different reasons, but but that's part of why she felt she needed to defend her. So, mm. And what she's saying, as we all have woken up to now, is nothing controversial in the slightest. Maybe, I mean, except for the, you know, saying that she wanted to... to she would die by suicide if something happened to Brittany. Except for that, like nothing is out of line. Nothing's out of pocket about what she said. She um she even has said it herself. Like if you look at it from what the lens of what she's actually saying, if you just read the transcript of the video, absolutely nothing she says is incorrect. It's just it comes down to the fact that people didn't like the messenger. And yes. um I think that that has so much to do with it. We'll kind of get into that. The videos drop, you know, the day the day of and the day after the VMA performance. So then came the parody videos of people imitating the, the her videos. Usually people are posting in front of a sheet with smeared eyeliner on their faces. People would fake cry and shout the Lee Britney alone line to the camera. So it's pretty low effort stuff for the most part. But I think this in part is what made it so viral. Like we were talking about with the goth, uh, the cyber goth dance video so much of what made it viral was that people could take it and do their own version of it yes. and so i think that's that's why it got so big because there's like this huge there's this thing with the human psyche that we just want to play on top of something else we want to add to 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 something else and and be a part of um the collective consciousness i think i guess i just explained what a meme is <laughs> 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 that was dumb. But yeah, so a parody of this video, uh, like a parody of Kara made it to South Park, which right. was wild. It just can't be overstated how huge, the, how viral this video was. The backlash was immediate. News outlets, entertainment television shows, like we saw Glenn fucking Beck. Everyone was commenting, making jabs at Kara. And I think it's funny that Perez Hilton made a parody video in response that was like, especially douchey do you know who perez yeah, hilton is tmz yes well, unfortunately i know yeah he's he's just yeah i think it's just so funny that he, that he came out with that video saying like and he said that britney doesn't contribute to society anymore which is hilarious if you have any understanding of who perez hilton is and how irrelevant and sad he is now um and how reviled he is was he the did he start tmz or was he associated know. with tmz at all or am i mixing up I don't know if he was associated with TMV, TMZ. I think he just had his own website where he would just draw cum on celebrities' faces and, like, draw dicks on their faces and basically just was the worst, like, troll of a human being. Which is so funny because I saw something recently where now he's trying to walk it all back and be like, I'm changed and I'm better now. And it's just because he's irrelevant and people have woken up to what an ass he is. Yeah. So... Yeah, anyway. good. Fuck off, Perez. <laughs> yeah. Perez Hilton. Go, Fuck off. <laughs> go get a job at Walmart or something and just earn your money from now Seriously, on. Seriously, get a real job. Yeah. You're on our shit list too, Perez Hilton. Um, <laughs> there should be an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I feel like, well, so much of the backlash to Kara's video is just plain homophobic and transphobic as Absolutely. fuck. Um, that's what it boils down to. The, yeah, let's be real. That's the biggest reason behind the backlash. So, Well, I, seeing how many uh, slurs were used in, yeah. in YouTube comments responding to those videos mm -hmm. that they, they kind of highlight in the documentary of just like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to... And it was all driven by this... Yeah, it was hate for somebody different. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like if it was like a masculine, like dude bro raging at the camera about something, it would not have gone as viral as it did. I really believe that. Because similarly, at the time, just like how we were 
openly horrible to women, we were even more horrible to people in the LGBTQIA plus community. Like it was out in the open. It was accepted at the time. Like now you'll have Republicans, you know, conservatives and whatnot being open about that still. But generally that's not (laughs) as a a thing anymore. So they talked about in the documentary about how uh, Kara wanted to start a GSA at school and like the administration freaked out. I graduated in 2006 and I was the president of my school's GSA at the time. And people like we had a football player on our in, in the club who was afraid to come because his, his like he would just get relentlessly bullied if anybody saw him coming to the meetings. I was caught like I had harassment come my way like there was a boy at my school who would call me in the middle of the night call my house phone in the middle of the night and call me a faggot we didn't even make the yearbook like we had we were an official club like we had a teacher who was in charge and everything like but yeah it was it was bad part of that though was the administration of the club was terrible and unorganized (laughs) (laughs) due to somebody i know very well (laughs) But yeah, we were just, yeah, it, it was a totally different time. Like 2000, the mid 2000s, late 2000s. It was just a shit show for anybody who was queer. So yes, Kara says that she even got threatened and physically assaulted by transphobes and homophobes when she went out in public during this time. So it actually all led her to a diagnosis, um, left her with a diagnosis of complex PTSD from, from all this stuff, which, yeah. That's understandable. But she wasn't discouraged for long after after all that. So she came back with a vengeance. She started posting videos showcasing her sense of humor and her ability to lean in to what people thought of her, which I thought was just lovely. Like seeing those videos like, yeah, I'm hot shit. Like I'm the best. Fuck you. You're just mad. I look better than you kind of thing. She made appearances on TV shows. Um, she was on the Today Show. She was on MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. Howard Stern, Jimmy Kimmel, and Maury. (laughs) What did you think about that Maury experience? (laughs) It just highlighted how much of a, and I don't mean this about Kara, I mean this about Maury 100%, how much of a circus it is. Yes. And Maury was a ringleader. And everything that was on there was played up and the whole entrance of of Kara (laughs) onto Maury, which was great. That was Kara being Kara. Uh But Maury was living for it. Mm-hmm. Anything that's just a spectacle, Maury was like, ratings. Here we go. A hundred percent. And um, yeah, just talk shows in general yeah. were just a circus, just a freak show. Maury is one step down from Jerry Springer. <laughs> you think he's actually worse than Jerry Springer? No, no, I don't think he's worse. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I think he's I think he's a more refined Jerry Springer. Right. It's yeah. like Jerry Springer with like a monocle on. Yes. Yeah. But you drop that monocle off and you're like, okay, I know what you are. <laughs> so I actually almost got on Maury. No way. Have I ever told you this? No. Okay. So I had a friend in high school who was genderqueer and they dressed, they were assigned male at birth, dressed like in feminine clothes. But my problem was, and with our group of friends, our problem was that they dress like an old lady and we wanted a makeover for them. And we asked them like, is it okay? Like, oh my God, how funny would it be if we got you on Maury for a makeover? And they were fine with it. And <laughs> I emailed the, I went to the website and emailed 
the producers and everything. I even got a call back from the producer and another call back. We were through the process of like, cause I sent them photos of my friend and like the, we kind of like took photos that like played up the dumpy old lady look, you know? And so they were interested. And then on the second phone call, the producer said, she's like, well, what do you think about just asking your friend to dress like a boy? And I was like, no, that's not the point. The point is not the gender expression. Like the point is they dress like an old lady. Like we want them to look fabulous. And she just kept kind of like trying to needle me like back into like, oh, but you know, come on, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great to see, see them as a boy? Like see them, you know, look like how they should. I was like, no, I'm really not interested in that. And they stopped calling me back. So yeah, that's the Maury show for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It shows how much they actually want to support the people that are on there. Right. Yeah. It's all just, like you said, a circus. It's just constructed to be something that people gawk at. Yeah. So Kara did commercials for different things like sidekicks. Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, she did a whole lot of um, media stuff. So like she, again, was doing uh, commercials for sidekicks, Sierra Mist. In 2008, she was actually in the video for Weezer's Pork and Beans. Oh, wow. um, along with uh, a lot of other big internet celebrities and living memes. And I hate this song, like truly deeply loathe this song but i do think we should watch that video do okay. you wanna yeah okay oh i do know this song. Mm -hmm. i was gonna say the reason i hate it is because of how ubiquitous it was at yeah. the time it was everywhere so we got the gopher dramatic yeah. gopher the kung fu fail Now, are these remade versions of the memes, or? I think some of them are, and some of them are not. We've got like a Ment Diet Coke and the Mentos. G.I. Joe. Oh yeah, the thing about putting it on a million shirts. Yeah. There's Kara, leaning into it. Oh my god, remember her? Oh, Miss South Carolina. Yes. Numa Numa guy. Probably lots of memes that we'll be talking about in the future yes. showing up in this video. I should honestly just go through this video and find... Yeah. Yeah, just Chocolate rain. Oh, chocolate rain, dude. Is that Kevin Federline? I think <gasps> it is. How? Why? Do you remember that? No. That was iconic. It was cool. Oh man. I think that's probably on, still my YouTube favorites. Oh, 
Oh, shoes. I want to do a video on shoes, or a, a, an episode on shoes. I don't know if I know that one. Kyle. Yeah. Where were you in in, in the mid-2000s? Uh, living under a rock. <sighs> depressed and not doing anything <laughs> cutting myself off from the world Aww. that's okay I'll introduce you to some wondrous things I think that's the real purpose of this pod is to just catch me up on the last 20 years yeah. <laughs> Charlie the Unicorn oh yeah peanut butter jelly time As much as I hate that song, I do like that it's basically a redemption arc for for a lot of the the, the living memes that are in the video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like you see the kung fu fail guy start kicking ass. Right, right. And Kara's like leaning into it and yeah. hugging. I don't know who that person is that she was hugging. It looked like one of the singers. Oh, is it? I think he showed up. I think he was one of the Mentos guys. Oh, okay. Which I think is like one of the lead, I don't know, lead singer, lead Honestly, guitarist or something. The same to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. It's a bunch of like generic white guys. Exactly, and like the the rectangular black frame yeah, glasses. Kind of hipster. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I think his name's Rivers Cuomo. Oh. But I could totally be wrong. You can cut this part out if I'm wrong. Let's, but... let's find out. <laughs> I don't even know if that was him or who knows. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. Lead vocalist, guitarist, pianist, and songwriter. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so as we saw in the documentary, Kara started getting flack online for not being famous anymore, which is just, you can't win. No. Can't win. She even got hate from Jeffree Star's busted ass, which he basically called her irrelevant and said her video was ancient. Do you know who Jeffree Star is? I was going to say, let's put this in perspective. I know who Chris Crocker was from seeing their meme. Mm -hmm. I have no idea who Jeffree... Star? You should Google Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star is a yeast infection of a person. Just racist as fuck. Uh, recently got canceled, but still somehow thrives. They actually, he started his um, whole deal on MySpace as well and pivoted to YouTube and now has like a super big makeup brand. But the interesting thing I thought when I was researching this is that I actually found out that Kara had dated Jeffree Star from 2005 to 2009. And like, I don't know how I have been a person who is somewhat up on um, internet happenings and not known that. But yeah, it blew my mind. So at this point, a statement's put out by an alleged friend of Britney that said that Britney, the quote is, Britney does not think that Kara Cunningham is funny. She thinks she, she thinks she's creepy and that all of her videos are an obvious attempt at fame. She finds it insulting and difficult to watch. Obviously, this deeply hurt Kara. I mean, can you imagine right. like your idol calling you creepy? Yeah. Or I don't think it was ever actually confirmed that Britney actually said this. It was just like one of those gossip website things that was like from a source. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't find, I don't think to even till this day that Britney's ever actually acknowledged the video or, or reached out or anything, which is probably for the best because she was going through her own shit. She did not need to be caught up in this too. Yeah. So I um, was thinking that during the during the documentary they you know they spend a little bit of time talking about that and i kind of got sidetracked and i was like what would britney have uh, what were britney's options with that and one was to just ignore it completely and stay out of it the other option would be to acknowledge this person who 
I'll say it in a really nice way, is obsessed with Britney. Mm-hmm. And you're opening up a can of worms if you, as a celebrity, start sort of bringing in lesser celebrities or I don't know what the appropriate term would be to use. I mean, I could see Brittany being like, this feels like a stalker situation. I am going to keep my distance from this person. Right. Especially with the, the stuff about, you know, wanting to kill herself if anything happened to Brittany. Like that's yeah. Some liability stuff or something. Mm, yeah, Yeah. It's just, and especially again, through everything that she'd been through, come on, like why, would she um like you know what i mean yeah Why would she say anything about it but it'd be a bad pr move is what i'm saying i mean she yes of course because she's already being piled on for everything else yeah. she would absolutely be piled on for this too yeah so just add to the fire so from well kara's obviously since then put this behind her like it really hurt her feelings at the time and you, we saw the tearing up of all the memorabilia and stuff but Kara to this day is still a Britney Spears fan and still you know loves her and everything so from here she continues to uh Kara continues to make and upload YouTube videos a lot of them are you know satirical videos fake makeup tutorials and and stuff like that finally after a year she made YouTube partner and actually started earning some money on her videos making about three thousand a month then she pivoted to making music so her first single came out in 2008 and it was called Mind in the Gutter. She released her first EP, The First Bite, in 2011. She continued to release music throughout 2012, 2013, including a duet with her mom, which I thought was really sweet. Oh, yeah. Cute. So I didn't actually really look at um, most of the music because it's not my thing. I, I watched like a video or two and it's, you know, it's it's got its charm, but yeah. it's not my thing. Yeah. What did you think about that scene with her grandma watching the <laughs> freak of nature video in watching that her her grandma was not supportive in the least in, in that video i think she referred to it as trashy yeah and that was that almost hit me sort of odd because there had been so much support from from her grandmother up to that point her grandmother put up with a lot <laughs> and was in featured in videos a lot of times when she didn't want to be she was a great side character for those videos and a great foil is it okay if i refer to them as chris in that time or should i not um i've been just calling her Kara, okay. and it's actually funny that you mention it at this point in the conversation because because uh, Kara's grandma has been like her biggest support in her life, and she still calls her Chris. Interesting. Which, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you were saying. Um, I'll I'll, I'll refer to her as Kara. Okay. I think that feels more right. Okay. One of those learning things, mm-hmm. that journey of, of when is the appropriate time to call right. somebody what. And, and it's so different from person to person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I myself, I'm trans non-binary and I, I don't mind she. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind he or they either. Like, it's just, but that's me, you know, like I can't speak for anybody else who has a, a non-typical gender identity. Yeah. 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 Why don't I just say she and Kara from now on, okay. just just to make it easy and to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So her grandma was just so there for her, and you could really tell that off camera, the grandma was this anchor. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother seemed to be her biggest fan mm-hmm. at all times. In that, throughout that documentary, there was never a moment of 
her grandma not supporting her. And, and I thought that was really cool, especially considering the, the grandfather didn't seem to want to have much to do with her. It was nice that the grandma was sort of always there in the videos. Grandma was a rock. She, yeah. she took her in, you know, four yeah. years old. She, what I thought was really touching was that the video we saw of her grandma saying that Kara could dance better than Britney Spears. Yes, that was adorable. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. And you see almost that, that protectiveness that kind of runs runs in Kara too of like grandma felt like she needed to protect her and yeah. and defend her mm-hmm. and yeah it was it was really sweet yeah, yeah did, did, I you... answer, did I answer your question or I did I get off on the track the question okay was. all right um <laughs> did you have any other thoughts about the family or really sad story about the mother that was probably the most heartbreaking part of all of yeah. this her mother also so supportive and seeing the bond between those two is incredible. Mm -hmm. There is such a deep love there between those two people. Mm -hmm. And to see the struggle that her mother is going through is, is heartbreaking to have had the generational trauma that she has to then think that going to Iraq in the war is a better option than staying in nowhere Tennessee if you choose to go to Iraq to escape your hometown that tells you how bad the hometown is like and then I was so mad at the fact that she comes back and basically had no support yeah that's how we treat our veterans in this country god bless America and Mm -hmm. god bless our troops right Mm -hmm. because we're not going to bless them or do anything for them maybe god will Mm. And then you just watch for the rest of this documentary as as her mother continues to slide down this horrible slide towards who knows what. Using meth, doesn't have anywhere to stay, has lost her car, has lost her home. There's a part of the video where she's like... Chomping. Chomping. Um, You can see her grinding her teeth at some parts. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's tragic. Yeah, and you can visibly see... Her face changed from the beginning of the videos to the end. Yeah. Um, like the result the drug has had on her. Yeah. You can see how frustrated Kara is with her, which if I don't know if you have anybody in your life who has struggled with addiction um, or known anybody who does have someone in their life who struggles with addiction, but that's part of it is that, you know, you love that person and, and you want to help, but you do get very frustrated and very like kind of at the end of your rope at some point that they keep cycling back into it and that kind of thing. And you can see that frustration there, but she's still supporting her at the same time, but there's really only so much she can do, which yeah, it's really sad. It was, it was, it was very, very sad. And, and to see this person who themselves struggles with, mental illness as, as we know now PTSD uh, occurring from the way she was treated because of these videos that she put out which and even before the videos like it, having yes. to get homeschooled right. because of the way that she was treated exactly so in July of 2011 it was announced that Kara would be appearing in her first pornographic film in 2012 she filmed a pornographic piece with her then boyfriend named Justin Dean and they broke up this is so, so shitty. They broke up literally a week before the premiere 
of the video. And it really sucked for her because she was contractually obligated to do promotional stuff with him. Mm. So um, she said she regrets about her um, pornographic career. She says that she regrets doing it with her ex more than she regrets doing it in general. As of 2019, Kara had an OnlyFans that was speculated to be making around $60,000 a month. Wow. Yeah. Good uh, for her. Yeah, seriously. Sex work is work mm-hmm. and it should be respected and, and treated as such. So it looks like the OnlyFans is down now because I, I clicked on a link from her YouTube channel to her OnlyFans and it's down. So I don't know what's going on with that now, although I have an idea. I reached like a not page not available from that. Yeah. So in 2016, she eventually deleted her YouTube channel again. She basically said that she wanted to distance herself from her old videos and that she felt like it wasn't who she was anymore. You know, I mean, can you imagine your 19 years, year old self being what everyone thinks of you? My God, like, oh, oh no. I, I'm just grateful that I live in a city where no one knew me in high school. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad I live 500 miles away from anybody. Well, that's not true. My, some of my really good friends still her, my friends from high school live up here too, but they're just as embarrassing as me. So, <laughs> <laughs> including my friend who's the Karistan. Anyway, so yeah, she felt like the YouTube wasn't who she was anymore. There were things that she said back then that she said she wouldn't say today, which I think that's a learning curve for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Thank mm-hmm. God I wasn't being recorded when I was in middle school. Right. Oh my God. Like, I won't even admit to the things I probably said that were just common vocabulary at the time. Yes. I am so grateful not to like have a boomer moment, but like, I'm so grateful that my childhood for the most part was offline and that the, once I did get access to the internet, that it was such a, it was such a baby internet that all that stuff's gone now. Like my GeoCities page is gone. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) And that um, we didn't constantly have cameras and uh, phones and, you know, the ability to make videos all the time because, Lord, I can't, that that would be a nightmare yeah. to have that stuff out there. So, yeah, so that's why Kara deleted her, her YouTube again. She said that she was sick of being YouTube Chris Crocker and that she wanted to be viewed as a grown-up. There's a quote from her. So her YouTube is back up now, but it's mostly wiped of videos except for a select few. The last upload was a mukbang. How do you pronounce that? Mukbang? Mukbang? No idea. Mukbang (laughs) video from nine months ago. So have you ever, are you familiar with what? No, how do you spell it? M-U-K-B-A-N-G. It's a video. I hate them so much. It's Uh videos of people eating, which is just disgusting to me. And I I get why people like it because it's kind of like, it's almost like you're sitting with a friend while like you're eating, but it just grosses me out so much. Here's the pronunciation. It's Korean, so yeah. Mukbang. 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 Anyway, uh, the, video, <laughs> the last upload was one of those, and it was from nine months ago. Wow. Um, so there was a period of time from between about 2012 to 2019 where Kara actually morphed her image into a more traditionally masculine one. We kind of got into a little bit in the documentary. Yeah. Um, 
And when we pulled up that channel, presents much more masculine looking mm -hmm. in these in these videos, which mm -hmm. surprised me. I would have thought right. the opposite. Right. Yeah. Again, that was a period of time between around 2012 to 2019 when she was presenting as masculine. She said that it kind of happened gradually and organically and that she enjoyed the perspective and experience of knowing what it was like to live life in a feminine form and also life in a masculine form. She did express frustration with dating at the time, especially when men would tell her that they were more attracted to her in her masculine form, saying that she wanted to be accepted for her whole self and not just that aspect of her. She also mentioned that presenting is more masculine and, and here's where I think this is important. I think she said that presenting is more masculine was easier on her family and made her family happy, mm. made society happier, which is a factor in why she started to present this way. Still, she said that she felt discrimination not only from the mainstream heteronormative community, but also from you know, the queer community for gender bending. So in a 2014 interview with Queerty, she did actually express the desire to fully transition into a feminine identity. She said that while living as an everyday guy, she wanted to see if she liked the experience, but that she was unhappy living that way. And it did not work because that is not who she is. And indeed, in August of last year, 2021, uh, she officially came out as transgender and started taking feminizing hormone therapy. My friend, again, who's a big fan of Kara's, has said that their observation about her journey is that this is a quote from my friend Kara is a perfect example of why people come out as trans later in life family stressors environmental bullshit etc she had her reasons to wait while still being wild and gay and not giving a fuck <laughs> yeah which I think that is just yeah what what really made me think about her in a different light yeah um, so she's still going. She has a cult following mostly on Facebook and Instagram. She posts videos of her life and about her family. And again, those, can you insert the Wikipedia pronunciation for that word? Yes. <laughs> and food review videos where she eats like a goddamn animal. Um, Do you want to watch one yes. of those? Oh, okay. uh, yes. Do I smoke with the air, the window down? Or, I don't know. Everything is so fucking politically correct nowadays. It's like, do you smoke with the window down or the window up? Like, do you want to, like, I can't. <laughs> it's so crazy. You have to, like, consider how every single fucking thing you do is going to offend some form of the population. Like, if I smoke with my window semi-down, am I, like, polluting the air because, like, my cigarette smoke is going out? Like, I, it's just, I can't. No wonder we all have fucking anxiety. We're all worried about if we wipe our fucking ass the wrong way that we're, we're going to get fucking canceled. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> all right, here we go. So it's a, <laughs> some kind of to-go plate. It's got maybe fried chicken and some yeah. like crinkle fries yeah. or something she's pouring sauce all over it um, i really really appreciate it because like it helps me so much this is giving me heartburn just looking at it <laughs> oh it's like a oh it's a sandwich some kind of sandwich here's the bite <laughs> oh no it's just going everywhere yeah okay we don't have to watch anymore <laughs> Oh, she's just like, like full fisting the sandwich without the bread on it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That is the messiest food I've ever seen. It's so disgusting. Yeah. I tried to watch this video and I got about this far mm. whenever I was researching because I want to hear what she's saying, but I just don't want to. Maybe I'll just I'll just turn my head yeah. and and l listen to it later. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunate. Okay, so that that's where we tr transition to the present day, and I this is a, it's so sad. So her. She's going through a really hard time right now. Her grandma's in outpatient hospice right now. The family doesn't really know how much time they have w left with Mama. Um, she uploaded a really touching video talking with her grandma just a few days ago that may have made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to show you just for, for context yeah. of, of how things are going right now. Here's a nice little comment while you look that up. The the top comment on this video, on this... Uh... Oh, <laughs> The cop, top comment says, I just want to say I'm sorry. 16-year-old me was an asshole to you. You're actually amazing and love how you speak the truth. Thanks for being you. Mm. That's yeah. really sweet. See how things have turned. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an update of just like, you know, how grandma's doing and, and just them sitting with each other and, and uh, talking to each other. <laughs> heartbreaking yeah it's just super sad yeah um so from what i gather she's still living in tennessee she's a lot more private about what's going on with her family now like she doesn't really talk about her mom or her dad especially yeah i wondered about her dad because that doesn't get brought up in the documentary really yeah. at all and i couldn't find a whole lot yeah. about her dad like i did see him i think in one of her facebook videos like in the background like in the hospital or something if i'm remembering correctly is my makeup just like all smeared okay <laughs> you're good but yeah so she's yeah she's not going through a great time right now either like she's got some health issues going on herself too oh, but yeah what i admire about kara is that she's never been afraid to be herself like she's never backed away from it she's never hesitated to throw her gender non-conforming self into people's faces 
the especially the faces of people who who were going to mock her for it her story is really of like an internet phoenix like it's just it everything turned around for her i mean you just read one of those comments that like people's attitudes really changed toward her and really appreciate her now but whether or not people appreciated her she's always she's always been there for herself she rose out of like the ashes of like the shitstorm that followed after putting out that video she's been able to maintain you know an internet presence a following when i think a lot of people would have just disappeared i would not ever show my face on the internet again if something like that happened to me and honestly like if you think about it she's actually like a tragic hero in the classical like sense of the word truly yeah i really admire her i hope that after we put out this this episode that she doesn't like suddenly become a trumper or like (laughs) (laughs) or like we don't find any shady stuff out about her but like yeah as of right now i i really appreciate her what are your thoughts? Yeah, just to piggyback on that, I think the the analogy of a phoenix is is really apt in this, and and multiple times over, um, this is somebody who just to kind of recap, rose from the ashes of a a hard start to life to I believe fifteen year old parents, mm-hmm. then growing up transgender, being bullied, being having to be homeschooled because of it being finding an outlet on the internet in this primitive internet and being able to express herself through video and in very vulnerable ways showing a lot of emotion showing a lot of vulnerability and and speaking a lot of truth about the world and about herself and then blowing up even further and then being ridiculed for it again and continuing to just push through getting to the point of famous and then losing all the money and then getting back into being a YouTube partner, so at least having some money come through, but having her mom come back home and be you know, addicted to meth and uh, I'm sure PTSD as well from the war. And now, you know, kind of going through another transition of, of their gender identity, now dealing, as we saw, with, with loss of, of kind of the biggest rock in her life. And, and that would be the one thing that I would be like, I really hope for her that that, that is does not have a, a huge negative impact on her is, is once her grandmother is gone that that doesn't set off anything else like i just that's a deep worry that i would be like oh i i hope that doesn't rock your boat you know too hard i mean it's going to but it's going to but we can only hope that that is just another moment in kara's life that she tackles and just slays mm-hmm. and continues to grow and move on from. Yeah. I mean, it's a really it's it's a really inspiring story actually to mm-hmm. to look at this whole thing as yeah. as a big picture. If you look at any any single moment of it, you can see not why people mocked it, but kind of why people mocked it. Mm-hmm. If you just take it in the bubble, mm-hmm. but if you put all those bubbles together, this is a fascinating story. It really is. I was blown away when I started doing the research on it. Like I thought it was just going to be something simple and like that we could, you know, maybe have a laugh and then and you know just make some commentary. But it was so much bigger yeah. than than I think anybody thought yeah. that it was. I hope she has a support system. Yes. I I hope that she has really good chosen family that can be her her support during this time. I mean, like we saw in that video, like 
her grandma's her best friend. So I just really hope that she has someone there who's who's supporting her throughout all this. Yeah. So, yeah. So just to kind of revisit the idea of like the internet is so different and so much the same too, but it's but it's so different today than it was then for a lot of reasons. But one thing that I thought was interesting was that our attention spans were longer then for viral videos so like a meme goes viral now and it's talked about for like a day yeah you know maybe a few days maybe a few weeks at best and then it kind of just slips out of our our collective consciousness this video does still have lasting power though especially with the recent free britney movement and the news over her conservatorship and thank goodness that that conservatorship has recently ended um kara Still to this day, like I said, mention, maintains that the emotion shown in the video is genuine and that when people tell her that she was right, she says that it's not about her. She said that, a quote from her, she said that, I think people like to retro- retroactively clap for me or say they should have listened, but I'm more interested in people self-reflecting on why they didn't. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was a part of the horrible society at the time and probably wasn't as open or accepting of even transgender people. Mm -hmm. And it was treated, I mean, it was people like her were treated as lesser and were treated as kind of a joke and and not taken seriously. And it's really sad Mm -hmm. that we went through that at all. Yeah. As for Brittany herself... I was, you know, Googling some articles of what's going on with her just in the last few days. And I saw one that basically said that her dad is still trying to spy on her and still trying to complicate her life with legal matters. And Brittany's own attorney said that it's time for her dad to leave Brittany alone. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Her dad's on the shit list. Oh, Jamie Spears, you can fuck yourself. You're on the shit list. Yes. You know how other podcasts have friends of the pod? Oh. We have enemies of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) People we would love to interview just so we can tell them what a piece of shit they are. Yeah, I was thinking, just kind of reflecting on this meme as a whole, I'm really glad that this was one that we didn't look into parodies of, that we didn't look into... you know, I think that's fun with the more lighthearted stuff mm-hmm. that we can see what other influences this had. But I think this one was worth focusing on just this alone. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of the the spinoff and the the parody of this was so mean spirited yes. that I don't even want to acknowledge it. Right. I did want to bring up that in that documentary, it talks about, and I keep referring it to it as that documentary. What was the name of it? Oh, it's. Uh, I don't think I mentioned it in the beginning. I really should have. The documentary that we just watched is called "Me at the Zoo," and the at is the little at symbol. You, you mean about? <laughs> about. <laughs> so in the. Uh, oh, and it was from 2012. The documentary. Uh, documentary "Me at the Zoo." Me at the Zoo from 2012. Me at the Zoo from 2012. So in "Me at the Zoo," they do talk about. Just some of the disgusting stuff that was put on the internet using using her and using Britney as literal punching bags. There were advertisements, like banner ads. For listeners, do you remember those banner ads where you would hover over it and it would have a little like targeting system on it or something? And this ad was that you targeted Chris Crocker's face to slap. 
And another one where you targeted his head to put a hammer through it. Yeah. And then there was one of Britney Spears being like a pinata or something. Yeah, being dragged up by a chain and beaten until babies flew out of her vagina. Oh, like, is did that, you catch that I did not catch that. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, now it's a hundred times worse than I mm-hmm. thought it was. So I really want to complain about this now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that stuff, like, uh, it looked like, I don't know if this was on, like, Newgrounds or something, but, like, little flash animation type games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some of it on Newgrounds because that just had everything. But it was disgusting. That was one of the the most... Vile. Vile parts of, of that, that entire documentary was having to watch those things. Right. Now that you mentioned that, there there is such a parallel between what Brittany was going through and then what Kara went through, of course, not on the same scale necessarily, but I mean, you have those parallels with the the flash animation games, the ridicule after going through a really hard time already, the, just being so talked about in such a negative way after everything you've been through. I think they have some similarities there, and I think they are both misunderstood Southern women. Yeah, yeah and, and just a overall prime example of bullying and cyberbullying. This is people with problems of their own, not to excuse them, but people who seek out somebody who they maybe find to be weaker or something. I don't know who knows what their their motivation is behind this, but people that just find these these people who are hurting and lay on and it's disgusting. It's so hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that that seems to be becoming a relic of the past. It still happens. People... Yeah, I shouldn't even say that. It's... I, I, it's it's changed form. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I, I want to believe it's not as, as prevalent as it was, but that's probably me speaking as a straight white man that yeah. I have life easy and I don't see that. And it, uh, yeah, I think it's, st- I mean, it still happens, but I think it happens for different reasons now. And it's not as blatantly out in the open homophobic and transphobic as it was before. Yeah. But it is a thing that, is frowned upon for sure whereas as back then it was just accepted yeah i'm glad that the attitude toward it has has shifted and i guess we can just say that kara is a pioneer of online transgender um awareness Mm -hmm. i mean she talked about it way back when with her grandma in that one video about just that's what her spirit is and and who she is on the inside and that's how she wants to be viewed and can i just say that She's been, she's so, I say this while she's like on the screen with her mouth full of food, mouth open. Food um, pouring out. <laughs> just an absolute animal. But can I just say that Kara's like, oh, here we go. What? Uh, just because we needed to hear it again. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. No, I just want to say like, she's like super attractive, like yeah. in all forms. Like, um, I'm jealous that she can pull off any gender yeah. expression. Like, she's super hot. I was thinking the same thing throughout uh, Me at the Zoo. I was just like, this is a very attractive person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like we didn't realize that at the time. I think there was a um, there was something I came across in this research where somebody was like, Cruz Crocker is hot now? And it's like, no, she kind of always was. We just overlooked that because um, we saw what we perceived to be a man crying uh, and getting emotional. 
Yeah. Which is, I think, again, part of why the backlash was so huge is because people who we view as men are not allowed to show emotion. They're not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to care about pop stars. Like, they're not supposed to wear makeup. So, and that's that. And that's why she was punished. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad it at least has, up to today, a happier ending. Yeah. Because this this absolutely could have gone a very different direction. Yes. All of the comments on her Facebook are just love, just outpourings of love. And people who've been following her for years just, you know, talking about how they're, they're rooting for her and keeping her and her family and their thoughts. And it's just really touching to see how, how, how she's getting support online now. Yeah. Um, she's earned it. Thanks for listening to Meming of You. If you liked what you heard, check us out on Instagram at Meming of You and visit our website at memingofyou.com. Rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you.